Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome back to being around the campfire again so I can share some listener stories that were submitted. I hope everyone had a very safe Halloween night, and now it's All Saints Day, or Samhain. Um, I guess Samhain lasts from the 31st into the 1st, um, just like Hallow's Eve becomes All Saints Day the next day. But as the veil comes back down and thickens, I wanted to talk about some other spooky stories that some people were telling me about and I asked them if it was okay if they felt comfortable with me sharing them and they said of course so the first person um Pam and I have been emailing and she is so lovely to to talk to and she has a really great sense of humor and I love her um like correspondence with me she's really really great to email so hi Pam (laughs) um I loved some of the stories that she was telling me and she has a bunch some from her childhood and some from where she has lived as an adult um but I'm going to uh share some of the stories that she's told me so something I think is really cool about Pam is that she did her master's in art history and decided to specialize in Victorian art and then in witchcraft which touched upon the occult which I think is really cool But she was telling me about this um, house that's close to her. Um, It's called Whitewick. Um, It's a Victorian style house based in the arts and crafts movement, mainly by William Morris. The nursery and upstairs parlor has a sad feeling to it. And there are tales of loss and love. So that's probably why there's like a heaviness there. To be honest, it's not really a scary feeling, just spooky. But the history of some of the female pre-Raphaelites was very sad. Jane and May Morris. It's a National Trust property. There are lots of beautiful manor houses around the UK owned by the National Trust, and they will all have a history and most likely be haunted too. She also pointed out that if you research Dudley Zoo and Castle, that's also haunted. A man called John John de Somery, who was thrown down a well to rot, apparently still screams out to this very day, which that does sound like something that I definitely want to look more into. I, um, in my sequel, um, that I'm currently working on, I had to take a big break because of the pregnancy, um, and, you know, health concerns and stuff, but now I'm diving back into it. Because, you know, Preptober and NaNoWriMo, to all my writers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, It's already written, but I need to finish with my edits and critiques and stuff like that. But I have kind of like a haunted well type thing going on there. And so I would love to look into this particular haunted well. I think it might provide more details as to how that works. So then Pam and I were emailing back and forth about some of our childhood homes. 
Um, I personally moved around a lot, um, but there was one in particular where um, there's like a haunted farmhouse where I grew up in um, for some of my childhood. And she was talking about her childhood home and how that was haunted. And so I was like, ooh, what, what was going on there? And she was talking about how there were um, she and her sisters and her mom that would kind of like cause the ghost to feed off of it. So that's the backstory to this particular portion. She writes, I think the fact that there were all women in the house I grew up in, it fed off some energy from it. So basically on New Year's Eve, especially bangs, creaks and creepy things happen more than I remember one New Year Eve, New Year's Eve, I had a horrific nightmare and I went into my mom's room. That's how spooked I was. We talked for a bit, but the lights were out. Prior to this, we all could hear some walking around the upstairs and bangs as if things were being dropped on the floor. When we would go up, nothing had fallen. When you go upstairs, I always felt watched. Years ago, we looked at the history of the area and they just seemed to be fields before houses were made. Anyway, we both heard someone starting to walk towards us as the floorboards were creepy. Typically cliche, typical cliche, I know. My mom thought it was my sister so called out her name, but when she did that, the footsteps abruptly stopped. Honestly, it was like a person slowly walking towards you, trying not to wake you up. That's how real they were. Ugh. <laughs> this is when I was like, Pam, <laughs> what else happened? Like, please tell me more. I'm like, I'm like morbidly fascinated. Then she said, I remember once I was sleeping and I heard my sister calling me from downstairs. I was pissed off because I was unwell and she knew this. So why would she call me downstairs when I was trying to sleep? The, the level of sister um, <laughs> interaction right now, I feel it in my bones. Like, absolutely. This is how I would react. I came down moodily only to find my other sister to be the only one in the house. When I asked her where my eldest sister was, as she kept on calling me, my middle sister said that my eldest sister and mother had gone shopping and it had been gone for an hour or so. So what was calling me then? Very strange. Ugh. I don't like it. It reminds me of those doppelganger stories or like the mimic, the mimicking. Oh, mm -mm. another incident. My sister's friend came to our house one time. I was sitting by the window doing my homework. When the friend came in, I heard her say, oh, is Pam's friend here as well? My sister said, no, it's just Pam. My sister's friend said, who's the girl next to her then? <laughs> Apparently there was a girl next to me watching me. <sighs> I, I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. Yes, there were some creepy things that took place in the house that I grew up in. Yeah, I'll say. I remember things would go missing all the time when I was told to get something, I could never find it. That reminds me of um, the filing cabinet one from the Reddit stories that the creepy Reddit stories I read where he's like looking around the filing cabinet for a um, key and they like couldn't find it and then they were like, give it back. And then it suddenly was there. <laughs> I think that's funny. It's like a prank. Um, when my older sister went to look for it, it would appear. It's almost like some entity was there that was like a trickster. Was there more than one entity in the house then? The creepy midnight slow creaky footstepper? A trickster poltergeist? A girl ghost? 
Once, I woke up one morning and I felt someone stroking my hair softly. As I opened my eyes, I saw a woman with long black hair stroking my face, but she was angling her head as if to really watch me. I could not make out a face as her hair was mostly in front of her face, as well as my own hair in front of my face, restricting my vision to see her properly. When I jumped out of fear, she vanished. <laughs> I'm just so glad you don't live there anymore. Um, so... <laughs> Thank you for sharing all those creepy stories from your childhood home. Um, and I really like emailing with you and corresponding with you. You're super fun. Um, but it makes me wonder if any, uh, if anyone has had experiences similar to this. Um, I'm, I feel like I should make a bonus episode about the haunted farmhouse I lived in. Um, at some point where there's some creepy stuff happening, um, with the ghost in the attic. It's so cliche with the ghost in the attic thing, but, um, but I was telling Pam about it and I think I should make a bonus episode about it at some point. The next one is from Carrie. She sent me this a little while ago, but I asked her if it was okay if I saved it for the Sawin story special episode. And she said that was totally fine. But her story reads, hey, so I do have a story that I believe to be a reliable source. Okay, so an old friend from long ago was a very serious and studious person. She was not into horror movies or anything that's either strange or unusual. So she could obviously see that I'm into the paranormal, but was adamant she was not. She did one day, however, reluctantly tell me an experience she had when she was really little. Okay, I was shocked because this was a very, quote, normie girl, matter of fact type of person. When she was 11 or so, she used to live in a wooded area on the East Coast, and she would often play hide and go seek in the woods with her siblings and cousins. On such an occasion where her extended family was visiting with her cousins, they all went to play in these woods. She hid behind a tree near the creek, a bit farther from where she normally hid. As she was looking around, she saw, quote, a tiny shoe made of brown cloth and twine that curled up at the toes, unquote. She said it was, quote, no bigger than an inch, and I slowly placed it back where I found it, shaking, and ran back home, unquote. She said that she was very confused slash scared slash creeped out and was even afraid if she should have even touched it. She said she only told her parents and that she did not want anyone else to know. She said she knew how it sounded, but that it truly happened, and she never had another experience like this since. I remember how she looked visibly and that she wasn't lying, and I remember telling her that I believed her and that there are things in this world that are unexplainable. Yeah, it makes me wonder if your old friend, like, found, like, a fey folk shoe or, like, a leprechaun shoe. I wonder if leprechauns count as fey folk. I feel like they do. Some sort of other realmy creature person's shoe. Or it could have been an art project that someone lost in the middle of the woods for no reason next to a creek. (laughs) I doubt it. I, I doubt it so much. And I think she did the right thing where, like, I believe I really need to do an episode on fey folk. But I I think you're supposed to leave 
stuff where you find it and then if you've taken it or picked it up or messed with it you're supposed to say you're really sorry and that you didn't mean to and put it back as close to how you found it as possible like you're really not supposed to mess with that stuff it's really really tricky I think I think that's what you're supposed to do but don't take my word for it so I think she should be okay and it sounds like it happened a really long time ago and that she hasn't had any kind of issue since then but that's really interesting it always is like an extra layer of at least for me hearing from someone who is pretty like well I don't want to say critical because it's good to have critical thinking but someone who is skeptical and is almost on like the non-believer the non-believer side of things where they kind of are like I'm not interested in knowing about this this is not within my belief system kind of thing but then they run into something that's a little bit unexplainable it's it's almost that added layer of like this is someone who didn't go out looking for this particular kind of story to tell so the last story I'm going to read today is from Kevin Henry. Hi, Kevin. Kevin's wonderful. He's always so supportive of my writing work. He ha- was um, one of my beta readers when uh, my book baby was not even yet born. Um, he was really wonderful when it came to being like critical, but supportive of Ashes before it was published. So I was really excited when he sent in this really compelling story that his mom had told him. So here's what it says. This story is from my mom, but I believe she believed it because she rarely ever talked about it and I could always tell by her expression and body language that it made her feel uncomfortable. When she was young, her family lived in a large house just outside of town. It had a spiral staircase that went up to a balcony. There were times that she heard voices from downstairs as if from a group of people. When she went to the balcony to look downstairs, no one was there and the sounds stopped. There were times that she heard footsteps in her room like someone was walking in boots. When she looked, no one was there. Other times she felt a hand pressed down on her. She could feel the pressure of all five fingers, but she dared not look. After a few minutes, the pressure went away. As always, no one was there. The driveway from the bus stop to the house was very long and lined with trees on both sides. One day, as she and her brothers and sisters were walking home from the bus stop, they heard footsteps in the woods as if someone or something was following them. They walked faster, and so did the footsteps. When they risked a look behind, They saw something that looked like a man in the woods, covered head to toe in burlap, rough, no face or eyes. They turned and ran for the house as fast as they could. Oh, I have goosebumps. I don't like this. Other strange things happened when they lived there, but they finally had enough and left in the middle of the night. My mom remembered her dad picking her up out of bed, she was the youngest, and telling her, quote, we're leaving, end quote. She recalled seeing people in black robes inside the house, everyone piled into the family vehicle, leaving everything they owned inside the house, and drove away. As they were pulling away from the house, they saw a light moving from one window to another, as if someone were walking through the house with a candle. They never went back. Ugh. That sounds like many, many different types of hauntings, and they don't sound friendly. Um, 
that sounds really scary. And I'm really, like, honored that you trusted me with this story. And I'm also, I also love that your mom trusted you with this story because clearly it was really scary for her to talk about. Um, oh, it, I just have so many questions. Um, I, I want to, I don't, the burlap man really makes me uncomfortable. Um, the people in robes and like constantly feeling like there's groups of people talking or walking is very odd. The light in the windows sounds kind of familiar. Like, oh, there's someone with a candle walking around. Like that kind of is like, not saying that's not scary because that's totally scary, but that's definitely something I've heard before um, from like ghost stories and such. Um, but the groups of people in the robed figures and the burlap man um very odd that's very very odd and that that's like getting into like malevolent entity type territory I feel like I know um I talked with uh or corresponded with Kevin a little bit more and was like oh it makes me wonder like different things and he said that that side of his family have all since passed um including his mom um but he just wanted to like share that particular story and so I was wondering if you had any information about anything that comes to mind about anything that was in this story that it reminds you of or if there's any folk tales or folklore or like uh religious tomes that discuss um these types of entities I'd be very curious to know because I know that I'm going to start researching to see if there's anything that any stories that bring up these kinds of beings. I think it's very interesting to kind of like look into to see what they might be and kind of speculate as to what may have been going on. But I'm just glad that her parents had the sense to get her out of there and that they moved and that <laughs> they did not spend too much longer there. That's really, really good. Well, I hope that everyone had a really safe Halloween and that they got lots of candy treats. Um, if you celebrate Halloween, happy Samhain. And thanks for joining me around the campfire. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.